Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Donut Bag. This episode, I am talking penguins with my hockey buddy, Angie Carducci from Inside Hockey Magazine. Oh, so good to talk to Angie again. So, one of my favorite people in the world. She's such an awesome person and uh, just one of those glad hockey's back. Glad to talk to my hockey friends again. So uh, just just great talking to her. Penguins, what are they doing? They're actually doing well. I'm very surprised that, uh, there was so much doom and gloom because they're missing Crosby and Malkin and other players. Uh, it's only three games so far, but still great start so let's see what happens uh i i have i'm sort of kind of famous for my little flow chart where i say that um the the stars get hurt and they play well and the stars come back and they don't play well anymore and it just it just goes over and over and over again and then the stars get hurt again and then they play well again so we'll see what happens so far the stars are hurt and they're playing well just like my flow chart says so we'll see if that continues anyway here is my talk with angie carducci about the penguins don't know if starts right now so the penguins are not following the script Nobody told them that they're not supposed to be winning without Crosby and Malkin. Oh, so, but they, they're exactly following the script. They, they do this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they, well, that, that's, that's one of the things that drives me crazy about this team is when the, when the stars are hurt, they seem to, to play better and win games. But no, yeah. the difference in the script will be if those guys come back and they can continue to keep doing what they're doing. Like, that's what I want to see. <laughs> It is absolutely amazing. I mean, you especially that first game against Tampa. You look at it on paper, it's like they this, the Penguins have no business beating the Lightning, the Stanley Cup champions, and yet they they basically just just it wasn't even close. And Florida is not bad, and they almost beat them. And well, Chicago is bad, but still, it's a great start. <laughs> is this just all Mike Sullivan and how good of a coach he is? I mean, I think a lot of it is Mike Sullivan and how good of a coach he is. And I think a lot of it is how the, he, he gets the team to buy in and, and obviously you have a lot of talent on this team. So I think it's, you know, it, it's Sullivan's coaching, but it is the, the team's talent and the team's willingness to buy into what he's, what he's teaching that makes it work and, and is responsible for what you're seeing right now. So they have certainly done this before. They have done before that, you know, those star players come out of the lineup and they sort of take on this us against the world mentality. They start playing an entirely different way, which is, you know, responsible, defensively responsible, jump on the opportunities, take advantage of, you know, what the game gives you, as Mike Sullivan would say, as opposed to trying to push and trying to do too much. And uh, that's when the Penguins are not very good is when they're doing those things that I think you can fall into those traps when you have a lot of star players and fall into the trap of expecting that you can just rely on that star power and that talent to carry the day. And when 
their functioning as a team mentality and playing the way that Solomon wants to see them play, you get results like this. So it's been a lot of fun to watch. And if you look at their roster, I mean, there's a lot of very respectable names on that roster, even without those players. And I, I don't think it's really a surprise they're able to compete with teams like that if they do play the right way. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you could have the greatest coach ever, but if you don't have the players executed, then you, then you have nothing. And yeah, I mean, so far the Jeff Carter is your uh, first line center. That's working out great. And mm-hmm. now Danton Heinen has to be your first line right wing because <laughs> Russ is injured and he seems to be doing okay. Is this, is Dan Heinen kind of the, like a utility player that he could just go, you know, he could be on any line and any nights. Well, I think he's proving himself to be a really versatile player who can go up and down the lineup a little bit. And Mike Sullivan has talked about him that way, but you know, he, he has a pedigree in the league of being a pretty productive point scorer, particularly his couple of years in Boston, a few years back, he has not been that player in Anaheim where he was most recently, but you go back a couple of years with the Boston Bruins and this is a guy who was putting up points. So to me, he's a really interesting potential value signing for this team and they only have him for a year at this point but uh, he he's a guy that to me wasn't really on the radar whatsoever and he comes in and he's making the most of this opportunity and he has been a player who has benefited from this injury situation gotten an opportunity to slide up and down the lineup and now here he is on the first line with Jeff Carter and Jake Gensel some pretty you know, high caliber talent there and he looks completely at home. So he's a, I don't know what more you can ask of him than to score in every game, but he's a, he's really, it's the way he's played and and really sort of the instincts he's shown and the types of goals he's scored that has made me feel really optimistic for, you know, what the Penguins might expect of him this year. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, he scores every game. So we're just going to wonder if he's going to end up with 79, 80, 81. I don't know. Maybe he'll go crazy and one night have like more than one goal. So he'll end up with 85 goals in the season or something. We'll see. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a great situation for, for both sides. You know, for him, he's getting playing time. And for the Penguins, you know, he didn't cost much. And he's, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a prove it deal. So, you know, he has very uh, great incentive to, uh, be very productive. So it's so it's good on both ends. Yeah, I love those players that kind of take a chance on themselves with those sort of prove it deals. You know, he, uh, I, I think he's a player who obviously there wasn't a whole lot of teams knocking down his door, and and so you when you see the one year deal, that's what that tells me is a player who um, had to sort of take what he could get, and his deal is one point one million dollars, and that's very reasonable for one year. I think he's going to be a restricted free agent after this year. And I think he's uh, probably, you know, if he keeps looking anything like what he's looked so far, probably going to make himself a pretty good payday. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then the second line. Yeah. Evan Rodriguez is not your ideal number two center, but Kapanen and Zucker, they both seem to have something to prove, especially Zucker is do you think they're going to uh, be better than they were last year? 
Well, you know, uh, Kapanen comes out in training camp in the preseason looking like a player on fire. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, and played in every preseason game was the only player to do that. And it was, it was a little frustrating uh, seeing him come out the gate and, and kind of not uh, producing, you know, it um, like, like that right out of the gate. You're just looking at him like, okay, is, is it going to be, is, is he going to be consistent? Or are we going to have an inconsistent year from him again? But, but I just think he looks so good coming out of camp. I, I feel like he is, definitely trending toward having an upside year and Jason Zucker right I've been saying through the preseason just what he's looked like to me is is he looks like maybe a player who obviously he felt he had something to prove last year he talked a lot about not being happy with his year he most certainly saw what everybody else saw and he's a player who has made his reputation, you know, as a guy who can put up some points in this league. And he hasn't been doing that with the consistency that you would expect since he came to Pittsburgh. I, he, he expects more of himself than that. And I think the jokes about how he just can't bury the pucks, you know, that that's not lost on him either. I've liked the chances that he's gotten so far. And I, I feel like he's a guy who could put in a few goals this year, maybe a little more than what we've seen from him, his time in Pittsburgh so far. So uh, hopefully you'll see a good season from both of those guys. I think they both know they have to be players who step up. And Evan Rodriguez, like, I really like that signing. He He's a player a lot of people didn't seem to really love when the Penguins brought him back. I think he's one of those players that just slides up and down the lineup so easily. And now here he is in that second line role. I don't think he looks remotely out of place in that role. So I, I feel like the Penguins made a really good call there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's not gonna, he's not, he's not going to score 80 some like uh Dan Heinen, but he's going <laughs> to, uh, you know, he's, he, he could still, he, he could, he's not out of place there. He could still, you know, help on, on that second line. So really cool. And then the third line, they basically, they basically swapped uh, Brandon Tanev for Brock McGinn. How mm-hmm. different is McGinn from Tanev? From what I understand, McGinn is a little bit better of a scorer, but not as tenacious as Tanev. Then again, who is, but how does McGinn look so far? Yeah, I really like how McGinn looks so far. Like every time I notice him on the ice, I feel like he's just doing some little responsible thing, right? Like he's in front of the net in the defensive zone, clearing out a player, clearing out a puck. He's just doing these little things that make a difference to the outcome of a game, but maybe don't get him a lot of notice, but he's really strong on the forecheck. He, he just plays a responsible type of hockey and I I think he plays with an edge I think he's he's not as dynamic as Brandon Tanev and I think that is where the fans are gonna miss Brandon Tanev a little bit you know he he just doesn't have that same personality type but the other night when he got into a little scrap and showed a little bit of his personality against Chicago. I, I thought that was a neat moment because you got to see a little bit of what he's about and the sort of edge he can have. And uh, I, I just think he's a player, everybody who's 
played with him, loves him. And his Carolina teammates were sorry to see him go and, and talked about how much Pittsburgh was going to absolutely fall in love with this guy and be thrilled to have him as part of the team. So he, he really strikes me as the type of player who just does all of these little things that make a difference in the outcome of a hockey game and maybe doesn't get the attention as far as being as dynamic a player as the one he's replacing, but really should make a difference on that third line and, and do the types of things they look to that third line to do, which is, you know, chip in some goals, shut down the other team from scoring goals, be tenacious. You know, that that's what the Penguins third line's always been about. So I, I think he fits in really well. Yeah. I mean, when they were healthy last year, Bluger, Aston Reese and uh, Tanev were, it was one of the best lines on the team. So that would be cool. Uh, poor Zach Aston Reese. It looks like he got COVID pretty bad and uh, yeah, it's that nice that he's rough. back. Yeah. That, I mean, it's uh, not, not, not fun. So um, hopefully well, you you'll, know, uh, it's just one of those things that you hear him tell his story and you think of the people you hear that say, Oh, you know, if, if you're young and healthy and you get it, you'll be just fine. <laughs> talk, talk to Zach Aston Reese about exactly. his last few weeks. You know, uh, I, I don't know how much younger and healthier you can get than a player in his condition, you right. know, an athlete in his condition. And they sent him to get his heart checked out because it didn't sound, he wasn't very specific about whether he himself had symptoms that would concern them about his heart. Um, he mentioned that it was because players around the league, other players who have had, um, you know, uh, significant cases like his um, had had heart trouble. So that's why they wanted him to be checked out that way. But, you know, uh, he, he kind of alluded to the idea that he may have had symptoms that got them concerned. So um, he, he definitely had plenty of symptoms though. And, uh, you know, yeah. And anybody that thinks this is a, uh, this is not really a big deal <laughs> needs to uh, listen to that guy's story and ask themselves if they're, you know, in that kind of shape. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, know. I've, I've heard of football players, same thing, you know, they, yeah. they got it and, and, it, and it, it affected them greatly. So scary. Yeah, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's, you know, getting back and all right. But he even said, he said, you know, it's a process and he, mentioned getting his lungs back up to speed has taken a minute so right. it's it's right. concerning to hear and yeah really really just glad to see him see him back talking to the media today smiling looking like he's uh, just happy to you know be getting to the other side of this yeah yeah and then the fourth line these are three very interesting stories. I love the stories. Oh the my time. goodness. I just, is... I love them all. I never yeah. want any of them to go anywhere. And, 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 you know, when this team gets healthy, some of them might, might not all be making the cut, but yeah, they're, they're great, great stories. Yeah. I mean, Drew O'Connor just sounds like he is really making the most of his opportunities. It sounds like he had a really good camp. So yeah, we'll see if, if he sticks around. Um, he he works so hard during the off season. I just I love seeing hard work like that pay off. Like you you, you don't make a, a, an impression like you want to make last year, and it really he he didn't. He was just kind of another prospect. He wasn't yeah. really someone that was on anybody's radar as being like the a next great prospect that was going to make the cut on the team. And he wanted to change that because he really was, he was a star player in college and, you know, a really great scorer. And, and I think he was just 
not happy with, with not being a higher prospect in the Penguins organization. He went home this summer with the uh, intent to change that. And boy, he came back in great shape, faster. He, everything about him looks different. And it's so exciting to me to see hard work like that pay off. And I, I just love that story. Hey, they said they need size. He has size, six foot three. So we'll see. Yeah, right. And then speaking of size, Brian Boyle <laughs> is a giant. <laughs> six he foot is. seven. He is that. Yeah. Um, what a story. You know, wasn't even uh, wasn't even playing last year. And and he's back. It it sounds like he just uses his experience as an asset to anticipate where things will be and and uh and, and is so valuable. Yeah, I think he, he's still, you know, the players talk about him and talk about his experience and how he's just fit right in and they love learning from him and they love playing with him. So I think from that perspective, a player like that is always so valuable to have on your hockey team. When you think about guys who came in during, you know, not, not trying to say this is a Stanley cup year because I, I'm not really feeling that, but um, you know, who knows, I guess what happens. But um, when you think of guys like Bill Guerin, you know, that type of player that comes in with just, fantastic experience and and the type of uh, mentorship they can bring to some of the younger players. Um, Everybody loves him and talks about how quickly he's fit in and just become part of the group. But I I think none of that matters if you can't still play hockey. And he clearly still has a little bit of scoring touch. He can still move. He can still play and play well enough to not stand out in a negative way on the fourth line on this team. So as long as he can make a positive impact on the team, uh, you know, I, I think it works. And they were looking to get size over the off season. Brian Boyle was nowhere on my radar whatsoever when they were talking <laughs> about getting size. Um, I was stunned when then I heard that name come into camp. And, you know, that, that to me is just a really savvy, you know, Ron Hextel and Brian Burke are really interesting to me because they didn't go out this summer and make the moves a lot of people wanted to see. They wanted to see these big impact moves. Right. And, you know, I, I know they didn't make those and they didn't replace the goalie, which, you know, may or may not oh, yeah. prove to be a problem. Who knows? So far, so good. He looks <laughs> good. But, um, you know, I guess we'll see. But but these little things that they did, you know, like Danton Heinen at that value price and like Brock McGinn, a little less money than Tanov, but really a, a very solid replacement might even be a slight improvement in some ways. And then a guy like Brian Boyle, hey, you want size? Here's size, you know. Um, here's toughness. And and Boyle said during camp, one of his quotes I really liked was, obviously, I have one asset, you know, that's very much going for me, that's very obvious, and I just need to use it. (laughs) You know, like, it's just very clear that this is what I'm here for, use it to the best of my ability. So that's what they're looking for. Very cool. And then Dominic Simone, I was not a fan, but hey, <laughs> he does everything well except for one thing. So you know what? He's, okay. he's done that thing a couple of times. There so you far. go. So, he's even know. working on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just, uh, I, I think there is a reason that players like playing with this guy. Um, he, he is a smart hockey player and he makes good things happen a lot of times when he's on the ice. I feel like he makes smart plays. He makes 
low risk plays and he makes intelligent hockey plays. And a, a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll just see him make a pass that he anticipates where someone's going to be and, you know, gets it right. And Sidney Crosby has liked playing with him and, you know, that he's, he's had that kind of positive impact on them so far in a few games. I, I just think, uh, I think he has a lot of value as a player in sort of that bottom six role. I don't know that I expect him to be in a top six role anytime soon or um, maybe at all this season. I, I didn't even know if I expected him to be on the NHL club this season or be in Wilkes-Barre, but, you know, I think he has value and a lot of versatility. And um, I know a lot of people, he's, he's very polarizing for a lot of people because of the scoring thing, but mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he, there is a reason that a lot of players and GMs like him and he has made a place for himself. And then on the defense, we know Dumoulin and Latang are great and Latang seems to be you know, doing very well so far, but Pedersen and Marino, both of those guys have something to prove, especially Pedersen. And so far it looks okay. So far, it looks pretty good. So far, that pairing looks good. And, uh, you know, they, they tried to trade Patterson during the offseason and didn't find any takers. And at his more than $4 million a year contract, I, I'm not terribly surprised. But um, so far, it, maybe it's a question of just the, the right, maybe it's the buying into the Sullivan system and the way they have to play right now, down a couple of stars, um, who knows, but maybe it's a finding the right defensive partner because I really like the way that that pairing has played together. And what I like most about them is I have found them to be making pretty smart plays and haven't noticed them at any point in the times that, that I frequently have noticed each of them individually last season when I thought, you know, oh, wow, that's that's an egregious mistake from that player. So I, I just think they're both playing solid hockey right now, which is fantastic for the Penguins if that continues. So, so far, so good, like you said. And, and if John Marino proves to be the player they thought he was when they gave him his big new contract, that would be fantastic. Because I yeah. was getting a little worried last year. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. And, you know, I mean, what – Last year was his second year, right? So yeah, he basically, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of players get that sophomore slump, but you know, yeah, I mean, you know, Pedersen's like Zucker. He, 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 they know they weren't doing well, and they they hear that people were trashing them. So you know, you, there's there's pride there, and you want to obviously you want to improve yourself. So maybe he he did. Absolutely, and I, I hope he does. You know, I think uh, obviously that's a player the Penguins saw enough in him to commit to him. And I, I think he feels that he has something to prove in terms of earning his deal here and in terms of showing the Penguins that, you know, okay, I know you were actively trying to move me and, and move my contract and I'm still here and I'm going to make a positive impact for the team. So absolutely uh, seems to have landed for now with the right defensive partner because that pairing has looked really good. Yep. Yep. And Tristan Jari so far looking good. Yeah. I've been happy with how he's looked so far. And I, to me, the biggest 
move the Penguins made during the offseason by far was the goalie coach. I, I just couldn't understand why that didn't happen earlier than it did. And it, it was very clear that something was just not working with Mike Buckley. I, I don't understand when it changed because he was clearly the guy who helped Matt Murray get to where he was when he was being successful with the Penguins. He had worked with Tristan Jari too, but um, something along the way was, was not going well there. So replace him with Andy Chioto over the summer, you know, former uh, minor league goalie for the Penguins. And so far, whatever he's doing with Chris, Tristan Jari, I, it looks really good to me visually the way that Tristan Jari is playing. He just has a, a look of having his confidence back. And I understand we're a few games in, we're only three games into the regular season. He's only played two of them. Um, but so far, there's a couple of times that I've seen shots coming at Tristan Jari that I, you kind of cringe a little bit and think, oh boy, here you go. And yeah, I just feel can. like he's, He's, he's coming up to the top of his net and he's playing, he's, he's sort of challenging shooters. And I, I just feel like he's playing like a, a bigger goalie again. And it, it just makes me feel like maybe something's changed mentally with him. But most importantly, I think what that tells you is that he has a little bit of resilience. Mike Sullivan said the other night, that he feels that he's becoming a little more mature of a goaltender and a little more resilient of a goaltender. And to me, like with that playoff he had last year, I, I just can't imagine like you, first of all, you're coming back to Pittsburgh. They didn't trade you. They didn't trade for another goalie. You're coming back to the fan base and the team that you really let down in the playoffs last yeah. year. Like there's no two ways about it. It was, it was really embarrassing. It was all him. Was it it yeah. was, it was very much on him and he knows it. And I, you know, it, so you come back, uh, I'm sure parts of him would have liked to run away and like get a fresh start somewhere else, Right. but he didn't. Right. And he's back here and he has to face this fan base again. And nobody's going to believe that he is remotely the goalie the Penguins thought he was until he does something in the postseason. So he can do what he's done in the first couple of games all season long. And the only thing that's going to matter is going to be once they get to the playoffs, assuming they do, you know, what's he do there? Right. I, that's all that matters now. So he's, I feel like he's just like, in a little bit of a practice run right now leading up to spring. Um, but you know, he, he can establish that confidence through the season and he can go into a postseason feeling on top of the world. Like he's the goalie that the Penguins believed him to be. And so far, a few games in, I feel like the best thing I've seen is that he is not crushed by what happened last year. And, and that was so important. Very interesting. That's uh, this is a very interesting decision uh, to keep him and um, and not get someone else. So we'll see how it plays out. We have a it's a long season to go, so we'll see how it plays out. So far, so good. I think there's a lot of people that think that you know by the trade deadline that position will look different, and they will have you know brought in a veteran goaltender and perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I 
absolutely do not see that. (laughs) 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 But I, and I hope not, frankly, because I think that is a losing proposition altogether for that poor player. Can you imagine? Like he has, there's no winning for him. Like he comes in and wins a Stanley cup or it's, it's a disaster. Right. It's the only only two right. options. And and I don't know if they'll have the team to win a Stanley Cup. So I think the end is it's a disaster and I don't want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, All we'll right. see what happens. We will see. Hey, thanks. So great to talk to you again. Always oh, great to talk to you. So great that hockey is back. And even with ESPN's stupid camera angles, which I hope they fix, <laughs> my goodness. I like a lot about it though. So I, I think they'll get that together. They even, I mean, the audio was terrible in the first game that they had the penguins yeah. on and, and they figured that out. I felt like that got better as the game went on. So I think they're in a learning curve and give them time, but yeah, I, I don't know how ESPN needs time to figure stuff out. I would think they'd just be a, a <laughs> you know, a, a seamless operation from the get go, but yeah, they'll, they'll get it together. It's just cold. No knock on uh, Pierre Maguire, but you know, it's 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 nice to hear to see different people, you know, talking about hockey and, and covering it. So you know, get a little bit of a, of a different sort of a different perspective. Some of them are still old people from before, but still, it's, oh it's my God. some different people. Well, I love my my favorite thing on the ESPN coverage by far is um Emily Kaplan who's yeah. doing the yeah the play by really cool the she's there, yeah. really she's yeah. so smart she really knows hockey it's just it's such a refreshing voice to come I, I I'm so excited about it every time she comes on I'm like oh my gosh where has this been for all these years she's so good um, then then you have Barry Melrose and <laughs> complete opposite end yeah. of that spectrum so. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know who let Barry back in, but uh, it, it might be time. <laughs> He's <laughs> stuck might... in the back door. It's like, hey, I'm guys, I'm here. I, I don't understand that. I, if you've got you look at the rest of the panel, and then you look at Barry. I I feel like Mark Messier and Chris Chelios are, are pretty okay um, by like older hockey guys' standards. I grew up, of course, watching those players. That's kind of my era of hockey that I grew up loving the game, but. Um, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see them there and that's fun for me. And I think they come off intelligent and informed, but um, then you get over to Barry and I'm like, what is happening? It, it's just, he, he makes himself feel so out of touch and, and yes. old school. And I, yeah. I just feel like uh, the game has passed him by a little bit. I don't oh, know. definitely. Definitely. Um, I, when, when Emily Kaplan appears on TV, I just, you know, like on, online people are like, yes, yes, great. You love her. Like, that's that so makes cool. me so happy. Yeah. That makes me so happy to hear because there have been times that there have been other women analysts that have come on, you know, in, including AJ, the other one who is an analyst now on EBS, ESPN games. But um, last year there were times she was doing, that on another station and uh and you'd see folks like oh get her off my screen her voice is grating and Uh, i'm like oh my god make it stop make it stop so uh, yeah so it it makes me happy to hear that people are receptive and open-minded to uh to the fact that a woman can uh can be right up there in terms of knowledge and what they can contribute because uh 
yeah, that, <laughs> that kind of attitude is, uh, there, there's no room for that anymore. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Let's, let's get with it people. So anyway, seriously, hey, thanks so much. This is awesome. Thank you, Joe. Have a great day. Thanks for having me on. You too. Bye. Bye.